0: Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, oh, Chris.
1: Thanks, Dan. Good to be here.
0: So, Chris, let's kick off this week like we often do. We'll look to take a look at weekly claims. Uh, weekly claims data are still showing elevated initial claims with only modest improvement um, week over week to about 837,000 initial claims. We've seen pandemic unemployment assistance claims. They actually increased modestly uh, to about 650,000. Um, and the more important continuing claims, they, they did decline, and they cl- uh, they declined about approximately a million um, to 11.7 million. Uh, so, you know, just starting off here, any color or commentary on these numbers? Yeah. Um, you know, first, it will be nice when
1: these numbers normalize, and, and they won't be the first thing we have to lead off every week. And it, it just, it's just stunning that this far into the v-shaped recovery that we still have such elevated initial claims and certainly a lot of this is you know continuing to process claims that uh, weren't completed in prior periods so they're not indicative of the employment conditions today but they do just point to the significant damage that has been done to small and mid-sized businesses and we do need to keep in mind that we were expecting to see a pickup in improvement in continuing claims. Uh, part of that is the recovery, but the other part of that is re- we may be seeing the beginning of the expiration of benefits in certain states that are kind of sticking with the you know, 26, 28 week limit on unemployment insurance. And that could be a reason why we're seeing an improvement in continuing claims. What I wanna to start to see is some corroborating data out of employment statistics that can confirm the improvement we're seeing in continuing claims is, in fact, people getting back to work. Uh, But as long as these initial claims remain this elevated, I'm going to have a little bit of skepticism with the improvement in continuing claims. And we should start seeing it probably not in the the September jobs data that we're going to have very soon, but we should start to see it in October as well. Um, and there will be some incremental improvement as, you know, as, as other states continue to open.
0: And so, you know, you, you you mentioned here it's stunning that we still have these elevated initial claims. And, you know, I, I think that lines up, you know, really cleanly with, you know, we still haven't seen Congress pass additional stimulus. And we're starting to see some, some big headlines of layoffs, um, particularly at airlines. Um, you know, Disney had a big announcement uh, just the other day, Goldman Sachs and others. But, so, you know, without additional fiscal stimulus, you know, which areas of the economy do you think will continue to recover um, and then which areas will remain challenged?
1: Yeah. And I do think just with the expiry of, of the PPP program, we're going to see some incremental layoffs. And they're going to grab headline attention, but it, it may not be indicative of of the nature of the recovery. Um, I think we've got to separate the economy into two buckets right now. We have the services side of the economy that, as we've stated in the past, was hit unusually hard this recession compared to prior recessions. And then we have the industrial side of the economy. And that industrial side of the economy continues to recover at a a high rate, we'd call a V-shaped recovery. And I think that's going to continue for several more months at least because now we're getting into the stage of the recovery on the industrial side where we're starting to see the need to start rebuilding inventories. And that's very much a self-reinforcing cycle. And if, in fact, it can help kickstart the broader economy or we get additional stimulus, that self-reinforcing element can broaden out and we can really recover um, from the hole we dug ourselves this year. Uh, On the other side of the coin, the services side is still really challenged. The data may, in fact, start to get better because we're going to see states such as New York and California start to open up more dining, open up more leisure venues and that will certainly help. And then states that have been open for a while and where we've seen a real stabilization in infection rates in COVID and substantial declines in mortality rates, we're going to see increased comfort levels out of the general population. But it's going to be very difficult to really rebuild the small and mid-sized businesses where they were, you know, fairly represented within our economy pre-COVID. We've seen a lot of just permanent bankruptcies. Um, the Treasury's Main Street Lending Program has has not been successful, and it's not surprising. Uh, you know, companies that are struggling don't necessarily want to take on debt, but more importantly. The rules of the game with that program were changing almost a weekly basis so people didn't even know what they were signing up for if they were trying to seek those loans Um, and so while we're seeing aggregate spending levels repeated in kind of 95 97 percent of where we were pre-COVID similar with income levels it's a real have and have nots Uh, and I I think the small and mid-sized parts of the economy are going to take a lot of support both fiscal support They're going to require, I think, more support out of Treasury, Uh, banking. When you look at what credit officers are doing within regional banks, we are tightening lending standards, which is typical at this part of the cycle after a significant recession. That said, that is often the lifeblood and the liquidity for small and mid-sized businesses, so if banks are still tightening lending standards. I just don't see how we're going to get our small and mid-sized businesses up and running. And that really is the engine of growth for the economy and for employment specifically, because it's small and mid-sized businesses that are net producers of jobs. Large businesses are net shedders of jobs. So we really have to get that up and going, which is why I think we're going to see a lot more fiscal stimulus post the election.
0: Right. And I think this you know, really cleanly describes what, what a lot of folks have been saying about a, a K-shaped recovery where Certainly. You know, we've got we've got, um, you know, the industrials are, are, you know, nicely recovering. And we're seeing that in service industry, small businesses, um, small size businesses, uh, the difficulty for them to um, access credit and lending and, and um, you know, the, the real support that they need has, has not been there. So uh, we're really seeing a, a, a very much of a divide um, amongst the economy. uh but, so we just wrapped up the, quarter, the third quarter here um, as we're recording today, and you know we saw uh, you know another strong performance from the market in the in the third quarter. Um, September was a little bit of dicey for the markets. We we saw a bit of pullback, uh, but maybe more notably, we saw some some market leadership change over. Uh, we saw a bit of a bounce in the dollar. So you know are, are any you know market internals providing insight to whether the correction is over, um, or do you think that uh, the volatility is set to continue? Yeah, you know.
1: I I do think the volatility set to continue Um, while we certainly finished September on a, on a strong note. um, You know, it's pretty consistent with the timing of when passive flows come in and, and things of that nature. Less encouraging was the bigger volume days were on down days rather than up days. So technically, you know, that's kind of a negative sign. But as we've said in the past, you know, volatility Rising kind of drives liquidity out of an asset and volatility falling can pull liquidity into an asset, whether it's the actual liquidity that dampens that volatility or enhances it is is yet to be determined. And quite frankly, isn't that relevant? And unfortunately, volatility levels are still relatively high. Um, They they are elevated within the market leadership, within Apple, within the NASDAQ. Uh, They're elevated... Uh, in the broader equity indices. And until those come down, uh, it's going to be hard for the market to kind of regain its strength and move higher. And I'm a little concerned that the dollar bounce, while it looked like it was a counter trend bounce, we really need to see this play out. So, you know, it rallied off oversold levels. It didn't break through some key resistance for the downtrend. It's pulled back. It looks like it may want to put in a higher low, which could be just more of a consolidation pattern, or it could be that we're getting ready to break out and we're going to negate this, this cyclical downturn we've had in the dollar. And if that's the case, as we've said, the dollar is kind of the wrecking ball for risk assets. And so you've got gold putting in higher or lower highs. You have copper putting in lower highs. You have the dollar looking like it wants to put in higher lows. That's a pretty big trend reversal. And October's notorious for being a volatile month. We're coming up on uh, a fairly contentious election. So I think the volatility's here. I, I really want to see some of these measures stabilize and come in line before I think we have the all clear. So, you know, we and, and other investors should be looking at this volatility as an opportunity. You just got to be careful about where you deploy the capital when those opportunities arise.
0: Right, right. And, and so, as you, well, the answer that lines me up here, right? I got to ask, you know, we're volatility here to continue. You mentioned the election. Um, this week, we, we saw the first presidential debate. And I guess I won't answer your thoughts on the reality show it was, but maybe more <laughs> along the lines, you know, as we, as we move into Q4, you know, the, the presidential election is going to likely take center stage. It's, in your opinion, you know, what, what is the market impact um, of if Biden or if Trump wins and whether or not the Democrats gain control of the Senate?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we're going to get volatility around the results election, whether it's a clean vote that night and thereafter, you know, in, in a short period of time, we know the outcome or if it's even drawn out. That's going to create volatility. Um, we're going to get great headlines and emotions are going to get involved one way or the other. Um, that, to me, is not that important because once we get on the other side of that, that short term volatility, I really don't think it matters who gets elected, and I don't think it matters who's got control of Congress. And the reason I say that is, you know, we're well past the point where I think our leaders and our policy have any real choices. I think our outcomes are set in stone. Uh, certainly, we've relied excessively on excess monetary stimulus for so long that we have so much malinvestment and structural imbalances in the market and malinvestment not just in the market but in the broader economy. And we haven't had a leadership on the fiscal side to address the leverage and the entitlement obligations. I think we're set up for a very loose fiscal policy combined with a very loose monetary policy for the foreseeable future. Um, That's very different. When we've had QE in the past, it's been combined with tight monetary policy that was supportive of continued strength in the US dollar. When you have very loose fiscal and very loose monetary policy, that's gonna put downward pressure on the dollar Uh, to the degree that really moves the dollar lower or just offsets other upward pressure will, you know, will in fact be uh, determined by what what happens around in the economies and monetary policies in the rest of the world. So I'm not looking at the election as a needle mover on really what 2021 is going to look like. Um, I think, you know, as you said, the reality show we witnessed and when you consider that fiscal policy and monetary policy are likely to be what drives the economy going forward, it means economic outcomes are going to be dictated by a political calendar. Um, and I can't imagine anybody could have watched that debate and feel comfortable, no matter who's in power, that we're going to get good, productive allocation of capital and rational decisions. Um, I kind of look at the two candidates we have as a production of the system that, that that generated them. Neither one of them are outliers. Those in control brought us these candidates, so that tells you the mindset of the machinery that's in control, and that that mindset and that machinery is going to have a larger role in our economy over the next decade.
0: Right. And and maybe just as we're as we're pushing through here through into the fourth quarter. Um, Getting closer and closer to turning the page on 2020, but you know, as, as we look at something a little bit more short-term, t- short and you know, what what will you be monitoring as we move through the fourth quarter, uh, both as to ha- gauge the health of the economy and the economic recovery, um, and then in distraction, the, the, the ongoing market recovery. Yeah, I'm
1: really going to watch the dollar right now. I still think the dollar's the lead, um, and I, I want it to kind of stay under 95. I don't want it to kind of challenge this downtrend because as I've said, that's the wrecking ball. And if the dollar moves higher, risk assets are going to move lower. And unfortunately we're in a position where if it's a sharp recovery in the dollar and we see commodities and these inflationary pressures start to ebb, um, you know, about the only thing that's going to work are long dated treasuries and cash. And that's just a reflection of, of how far we are into this market recovery as well. The other thing I'm going to watch is, do we get a fiscal stimulus package, and what does it look like? Is it more of the same? Are we trying to solve problems with tools that aren't working? Are we taking a novel repro- approach, or are we just doing the same thing to a lesser degree? Um, I'm also really going to stay focused on the overseas economies. I'm a little bit concerned that, that some of the uh, international markets have been weak and have been trading off, and while the U.S. recovery is – slowing on the services side, continuing on the industrial side. I am concerned that the recent strength that we've seen in the dollars because of weakness overseas. Um, and so I'm going to keep an eye out for that and watch layoffs um, and watch the headline numbers but not get too wrapped up in a big number out of Disney and something similar, but really look at, at, at the broader ramifications and in, in other surveys that exist. And, you know, the final thing will be volatility as well. Are we going to see that volatility come in? Are we going to stay in an elevated regime? But those are kind of the things I'm going to be focused on, more so than even you know quarterly earnings or uh, estimate changes for 2021, because I think, still think we're still very early in, in being able to put a uh, kind of forecast out for what 2021 will look like. Yeah,
0: Good. All right, let's put a bow on that for today. That's excellent. Thank you so much, Chris, as always. And uh, we're looking forward to having you on again here soon. Thank you very much. Sounds good, Dan. Take care. You guys. We'll see you. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson. Or used by Von Nelson with permission, and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.